And whether you have short hair, long hair, mustache, beard, leather and jeans, suit and tie, no matter, we are all here together to fight. All alone with these ball shades. All alone with these balls paid. Gonna get that cream out, babe. What you waiting for? There's a knock on the door. It's a pig whore. I'm ready to see what you got, pig. Let's see what we're gonna do. Get down. Oh, your knees are blown? Uh, there's something I can be shown. I can show you what you can't know. Uh, osteobiflex. Turn around, bitches. Time for sex. Oh, yeah? You like Tex-Mex? You wanna see what happens when I get my Kotex? Uh, make some tea. Pull that tampon out and pee. I don't care. What you smell like? Dick Sex Mike. Uh-huh. Fucking right. CIA, NSA, FBI, we're all gay. What we do is fuck some dudes. I like to see men nude. KY jelly for them guys. I like to fuck them and eat fries. Big fat motherfucking man. I like to fuck dudes. Name Stan. I like to do things with men. I like to lift weights and then suck their chin. Yeah. Butt style. Eat that ass. I like to fuck men fast. I like to have sex in a graveyard with a retard and his brother Mike. Have sex with a guy that looks like your fat mom dyke. She's been lifting weights. I've been eating plates of broccoli, celery, juice, and kale. I bring all hail with me behind them guys. I like to suck off multiplies. That's ten times ten different men. Every time I come, it's on your chin because you can't get pregnant. That's where I like to make cement. That's when I come and throw sand on it and mix it up so you can't say shit. I seal your mouth, seal your holes. I've got a two-foot pole. When I say two feet, that's metric because my dick is mighty hectic. It's small as shit. Fit it in your clit. You won't tell the difference between the top of a big vagina and these fucking rhymes. You like a fat girl? Well, I love buddy. We like butts, and we're both pretty. Yeah. Do the math. You want to see something? Yeah. Take a hog plus eggnog. Uh-huh. Rock my hog. Rock That's it. what you get. Wow. Oh, my God. Was that terrible? I don't know, man. It was uh, It was good. All right, man. Well, <laughs> man, we're glad to have you guys back to another episode of Death Metal Hey, what's up, buddy? What a do? Y'all are back in the void with old KP and Buddy Lloyd. And we have got a real treat for you tonight. We're introducing an installment of podcast that we like to call the Illuminati Files. Now, it's a regular Death Metal Dicks podcast. But this time, we're going to give you a warning that we're going deep into the conspiracy vault. Now, we will do this from time to time, and that way, every time we give you something conspiratorial, we can refer to it as the Illuminati Files. Most of the time, what's going to happen is that it's bullshit. Oh, yeah. Fake news. For sure. Garbage. The first one, that's what I started looking at, because the first thing I started to look at after Buddy's suggestion was the 13 families... Of the Illuminati, the bloodline that, if you believe in this sort of thing, basically controls every single thing on the planet. Yeah. 13 different families, 
all separate bloodlines, but all related in some way to each other through marriage, through blood. It kind of lays out a map of who's who in the financial world, the world of government, the shadow government. There's a lot of things that are true and a lot of things that can't be confirmed. Yeah. When things can't be confirmed, generally I swing to the side that it's absolutely not true. Yeah. I believe in concrete evidence. Otherwise, I'd be, you know, a Christian. And that's the thing about Illuminati patrol is 99.2% are all Christians. Yeah. That's always the thing is that the Illuminati's main goal is to bring about the Antichrist, put him into the world. The Luciferian prophecy. Topple God. And God is what's going to pull us out. Now, I say that to say this particular episode... Every Illuminati file episode, what we're going to do is give you a sampling of the 13 bloodlines. I think that's a good idea, right? Yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit about a couple of the families, and then we're going to go into a case that ties in to the Illuminati. Again, most of the time, it's fake news and bullshit. We like to cover stories to be on brand, entertaining, whatever you want to call it, the same way. Just like we covered Jesus last week, like we've covered Skinwalker Ranch, Bigfoot, Aliens, we cover them in the same way that we would cover any factual crime because that's the way we talk to each other. And some people really believe that shit. And some people really do believe it. Tonight, the case we're going to get into after these families is 100% true. So when I say 100% true, everything I, there's a conspiratorial angle to it that cannot be verified, and that is that it ties into the Illuminati. The rest of it are facts. Okay, and I just want to warn you beforehand that it involves child violence. It involves child sexual violence. If you're sensitive to that sort of thing, this one's not for you. Don't listen to it. Uh, If you're not sensitive or even if you are sensitive. Now, keep in mind, we've told you before, Buddy and I, uh, we're both have experienced uh, sexual trauma in our childhood. I don't like to say we're victims because I don't think it debilitated our life, but it did happen. So... When we do a podcast about anything, generally it's a sensitive subject. Yeah. We make light of not necessarily the victims or the entire subject, but that's just how we communicate with each other. And that's what makes an entertaining podcast. And so you've probably heard about some of this information before, but instead of doing it the normal drab crime reporter way, this is just the way we do it. Let's put it this way. If we're giving you a warning up top, it's going to be rough. Well, it's fucked up. And I'm not going to go into like specific gruesome, here's exactly what happened details. But the thing is, is the subject matter is again true and it's literally this is the most fucked up thing in the universe now again we're not going to go into the gory details of it but just the subject matter alone could bother you so i just i just want to warn you up top because i understand from especially my standpoint how if you have experienced sexual trauma it could bring up ill feelings yeah. of the past and i just want you to know what you're getting into again no gruesome details but the facts of what happened and that could certainly uh bring about a bad reaction in some people. So now that you know, uh, before we get into the story, we got to get our advertising, whatever you want to call it, out of the way. Uh, We got some more iTunes reviews last week. Thank you very much for that. It helps us out a bunch. And what I mean by that is, first of all, we're so thankful that you actually listen to the podcast. If you love the podcast, we would love it if you could just give us little help along the way. Number one, telling your friends. Word of mouth. This is... It says death metal in the title. We're a true crime podcast, and we compare true crimes to death metal. (coughs) So 
people in the metal community don't use the internet the same way as everyone else. You're focused on certain things. So a lot of our success comes from word of mouth. So if you just heard about us and you got friends that are into true crime, horror movies, death metal, that type of things that we talk about and love, uh, spread the word along. And if you're doing that, you might as well swing over to iTunes and give us a five-star review or wherever you download the podcast from. That increases our presence on whatever browser you use to download podcasts. That's it. Uh, it doesn't make us, I mean, we love it, but you don't have to make us feel cool. We don't need you to brag about us. If you give us a five-star review, you can type anything in the comments. What's your favorite horror movie? What's your favorite kind of bread? Um, who's your favorite nude male actor? You know what I'm saying? You can put anything in there with a five-star review and we would love that. It would help us so much. And we got a lot of people that have been listening to the show love what we do and have been helping us along by producing it. They've helped us uh, get shirts. They've helped us get stickers. They've helped us uh, work towards getting live shows booked on the road. And they fiscally help us out by going to patreon.com backslash death metal dicks. We got different tiers of rewards that we offer to people, including shirts. Uh, if you love serial killers, you love true crime. Maybe you live in an area where a crime happened and it's not well known and you would like for someone to research it and broadcast it to the world. We have a tier on our Patreon where you can suggest a crime to us and I will bust my ass to investigate it and report it in a podcast format. Maybe you're in a death metal band and you want people to hear your music. Well, we will play your song on our podcast as our intro music if you get on a certain tier of patronage. So help us and we will help you. We want to make a connection. We're trying to have a big community of fans that are into the same type of fringe lifestyle that we are. And that's it. And financially, any penny to dollar amount helps us tremendously. And I hate talking about money, uh, but you know it makes it easier on us. We merchandise, things of that nature. Thank you guys that do it. And thank you for even thinking about it. And thank you for supporting the podcast in any way you can. Some people that don't like a subscription service like Patreon also donate flat amounts to us through PayPal. Deathmetaldicks at gmail.com is the email address you can donate to. Also, Death Metal Chris on Venmo. Whatever you're into, if you are if you do that sort of thing, it, it is tremendous. And the people that have, thank you so much. At the end of the show, we always give those people a special shout-out. So we'll definitely do that at the end. But until then, we have got the world of the Illuminati to dive into. Now, this is episode one of the Illuminati Files. Every once in a while, we can just bring up the Illuminati. We can go and we can talk about the inside depths of the 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati. And when I say the 13 bloodlines, again, we're talking about the 13 families that essentially control the world. Now, one by one, through every episode of a particular Illuminati crime, or alleged crime that links to the Illuminati, that's how we'll do it. We'll break you off a little bit of information about the Illuminati and then report the crime to you. I think it's a fun format. I love talking about conspiracy theories. And that said, me and Buddy used to be huge conspiracy theory heads. Now, the case that we're going to report about tonight is a great example of how there is cover-ups, conspiracies, and terrible things that happen in the world from people that have an unlimited amount of money, government control, the ability to wipe their slates clean and get away with whatever they want to. Now, that is a conspiracy. Any crime that's committed, anything that harms people that can be swept under the rug, that is literally what a conspiracy is. The intent to do something wrong, doing something wrong, and then sweeping it under the rug. When it's a legitimate crime and something terrible happens, 
it's hard to report on these things because the main voices of conspiracies always take it way too far. I mean, David Icke, for example, David Icke worked for the BBC, who is basically what we're going to be talking about tonight. He was a sports reporter. He caught someone from the BBC on a business trip, from what I understand, with child porn on their computer, reported it, and then got tons of attention from reporting it. And because he got that attention, he started seeing fiscal gains from that. And then he claimed that God talked to him and told him about this reptilian race. And so once you have an avenue to get attention and money and fame, it often gets exploited. So you cover up the true terrible things that is a good service to report. They get muddled by things like reptilian people. Hmm. And conspiracy theories all get lumped in the same thing. Now, with me, what's happened recently is all this false flag shit. Yeah. So, number one reason I stopped messing with conspiracies for the longest time is because I used to get high every day. I was new to smoking weed, you know? I liked it, felt good, would smoke it all the time. Now, that in itself made me paranoid. And then all I would do is look at conspiracy theories, listen to conspiracy theories, and I started getting overtly paranoid. Now, again, it's an easy path to travel down because once you realize the things that you're fed through regular print media, news media, all have a certain agenda. Now, to me, generally that agenda is to make money, all right? And I think that's easy to believe that most of the the things you're told through the news, through big TV networks, through big radio networks, through television or through newspapers, whatever outlet you get news from, fear, gun violence, there's so many things that can make you want to buy certain things. And I feel like that's generally the main conspiracy is that All these people know how to profit off of these things. They know how to profit off war. They know how to profit off prison. They know how to profit off everything that's a downfall to the average person. Now, that sounds to some people kind of wacky. But again, I feel like once you have a near infinite amount of money, you become so ingrained and addicted to having that much money that that becomes your entire goal your drive because there's not a lot left to do. You know, it's if you're a normal person and you work a job, even if you have a great job, you know, you've got, you've got your hobbies, you've got uh, the fun shit you do on the side, maybe taking your family on vacation. If you're single, maybe getting prostitutes, doing weird drugs, whatever it is. I feel like there's a certain level of money that all that becomes null and void. There's got to be more beyond that. Some people yeah. take sinister turns, and sometimes the sinister turn is just acquiring more and more and more money. I'm sure that it's like an addiction. I mean, you think about your job, you get a promotion, you start working way more than you used to work for another promotion, and that's a cycle of addiction. You just keep pressing and pressing and pressing until that envelops you and becomes your entire life. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, But there is a certain level of opulence and control that becomes a problem. And people are addicted to power, for sure. Like, just the ability to be able to control everyday humans, what they think about, what they watch, what they're influenced by, the laws. I think that anyone that runs for a high level of government has some sort of deep-down personal desire to control people. And you almost have to. I mean, that's the idea of government, right? And you think, why do we have a representative government in an age where everything we all have access to the internet? I mean, we trust the internet 
with our banking, our financial details. So if it's secure enough to keep all my money safe, why is it not secure enough for me to be able to just get online, log in and vote? If everyone could vote, then there's no need for a middleman. That's archaic shit. You know, yeah. a representative government, that's archaic. That's a time when there was like the the Pony Express. You know, you needed you couldn't send word to Washington easily. You needed somebody from your town that could travel back and forth to take your word to the higher up government. Well, we don't need that anymore. So there's some type of fucking business there. Those people make money. They make money from lobbyists. This is not a, this is facts. Uh, lawmakers make laws based on the money that lobbyists give them. If you're a lobbyist for a pharmacy company and my hometown wants more than anything to legalize pot, uh, and there's no lobbyist in my town to give me money to legalize pot, but you work for a pharmaceutical corporation and you can give me money to keep opiates in my town and pot would replace that opiate. I'm going to take that money like everyone else does and enjoy my life. And then I'm going to vote in favor of you. That is for sure how the government works. Now, some people would call that a conspiracy theory, but that's a fact. You see what I'm saying? And so it's just this cycle of facts. And then that gets covered up by the insanity. I watched a video on vice last night where there was that most recent shooting, well, not the most recent, but there was a recent shooting in Texas, that church where the dude went in shot 28 people. This video on vice where these two truthers, these conspiracy nuts that think that, Every single mass shooting is orchestrated by the government and everyone involved is a crisis actor. So they went to this town, a guy, the pastor of the church that lost his teenage daughter. They're telling him that there's no proof that she was alive. There's no death certificate when they could get the death certificate themselves. It's just a, it's a mess. It's a fucking nightmare. And everybody, including us, have such an easy route to find a way to get their voice heard online. I mean, look at yeah. us. We did it. We get hundreds of thousands of listens, and we're fucking idiots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And there's another way that a more nefarious person can find something shocking and controversial, like saying, okay, this mass shooting happened. All the kids that died inside were fake. None of them existed. Well, that's a shocking thing to hear. So you're going to get people looking at that either from agreeing with you from a shocking factor. I mean, it's like a gadzooks, you know? Like, they've got all these gag gifts. You know, in the front, they've got the dice that you roll that says suck, blow, kiss, sex game thing. They've got Bart Simpson shirts on the wall. In the back, they got big dill hammers that a 10-year-old kid can go look at and go, whoa, wow, look at that, Peter. It's just to shock people. And that brings in views. And those views can possibly be monetized or you just love the attention of it. Yeah. I mean, deep down, we're all driven by that, including us. You know, the more feedback we get, the more views we get, it makes me feel good. It makes you feel good. We'd be lying if we said it didn't. People get driven by that. People go fucking crazy for that. So I, you shy away from open, in-your-face conspiracies when you see people like that. They're going to go scream at somebody whose child died two months ago in a for-sure shooting, for-sure died, and they don't need to have that brought back up by some piece of shit trying to get views on YouTube. Does that all make sense? Yeah, totally. So that is where we shy away from conspiracies. I don't want to go down that road at all. And I'm only saying this to say, like, please have fun with this. Now, not the real shit that you hear, but the bloodlines of the Illuminati, it can very well be 100% true. And you're going to hear a lot of things that are going to make you go, what the fuck? And you're going to Google it, and you're going to see that it's a fact. 
and you're really going to get blown away. And that's fun. If you're fucking high and you see that President Clinton is related to President Obama legitimately. Oh, yeah. And Dick Cheney. And you're going to be high as fuck and just be like, bro. That's, and Brad Pitt. And that, Madonna. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> but that's fun, right? Yeah. That's the only way you can take it. Don't let anything we say. I mean, we're not on board with that crisis actor shit. Fuck that. And the problem, again, with the Illuminati is that a way you can look again. And what I'm trying to frame here is that the most logical way to look at it is that these are the richest people in the world. Now there's logical reasons that they could all be related. There's logical reasons that the same people could be in control year after year. And it's like, if you're an elite family and I'm an elite family, I want the best for my children. Yeah. And the best for my children, if I'm ingrained in that culture is going to be what I have or better. You understand? Yeah. So I would want to mingle with your family more so than I would want to like have my kid meet a date online or at a bar. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. You know, that's a non satanic sacrificial control element of it is that these are rich people and rich people hang out with each other because they have stuff in common and they want to keep money with money. That is all totally sound to me. Now, politicians all coming from the stock. Again, these are rich people. If I wanted to run for office, it'd be an uphill battle because I would need to promote myself. I would need to advertise. I would need to have free time to spend, to go out in the community, shake hands. All those things cost time and money. Who's got time and money? The richest people in the world who could drown me out. If I wanted to run an advertisement, who could run 20 advertisements to my one, someone with actual money. That makes total sense to me. Yeah. And why wouldn't people who enjoy being powerful, people who enjoy having money, they would absolutely have fun being a government official. Right? Yeah. And that, again, is logical shit. And that all ties into what makes sense about it. Because you're going to hear some things that I'm going to say when we talk about these families before I get into the terrible case that you're going to go, I had no idea that these people controlled this much stuff that's in my regular life. No idea that they were related to each other. No idea that there were this many people coming from these particular secret clubs and societies from universities or fraternities, whatever the case may be, that control our day-to-day life. And again, I'm just giving you the logical option as to why. Because I don't want to bullshit you. I don't want to say these people are reptilian, satanic. They want to bring forth the Antichrist, destroy the world, repopulate with only their bloodlines. Now, that's for sure the conspiratorial line. I mean, if you want to go deep with it, if you want to take the fun side, if you want to get ripped out of your mind and think about some dark shit, the real purpose of the 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati from the beginning was to snuff out regular people, snuff out the poor, snuff out the middle class, have a world where only the richest people are alive. What's an easy way to kill them off? Now, a lot of people that are involved in the conspiracy side of it think the easiest way to wipe out most of the world's population, if you follow the instructions of the Bible, is to bring Jesus back, bring forth the apocalypse, bring out the Antichrist, but instead have the dark side win. And then you're on Team Dark, and you can repopulate the earth however you want to, because remember, in the Bible, Satan is king of the earth. God is king of heaven. Satan was cast out of heaven because he tried to take it over because he got tired of dealing with God's shit. And he was given the world. The world is Satan's because he 
is of the of the flesh, not of the spirit. God is of the spirit. Satan wants the good feeling, money, drugs, sex, wealth, everything you like in the world, food, everything you like is what Satan's into. That's why even if you're like a Levian Satanist, the idea is that you reject spirituality, you embrace that there's nothing when you die, you you embrace that there's no spirituality in the world and that you're only living for yourself and what matters is what feels good to you. Now, there's a code of ethics like take care of your family, don't ruin anybody, don't hurt anybody, and that's all good. Christianity is the same way, but it's on the spiritual side. Does that make sense? A light and a dark. Yeah. There's a balance to everything. But if you want to follow the conspiratorial line, these 13 bloodlines want to control the world by any means necessary, including having Satan win in Armageddon. And they want to bring forth the Antichrist, which is who's going to bring forth Jesus. And then they want to kick Jesus' ass, which sounds fucking cool. The only problem is you have to be rich to be in that club. And I don't have that type of funds to be in the Illuminati. Now, if I could get in it by way of small internet fame, then by all means, reach out to me. And uh, (laughs) I think Satan's cool as hell. And I will recant. We'll cancel the entire Illuminati series and erase this episode. You know what I'm saying? I'm with it. I'm with it. So let's just start out. Um, with the origins of the Illuminati. It originated in Belgium. Now, again, the original idea of uh, the Illuminati is to make a group that is in charge of everything in the world. And a lot of people with money uh, back in the day realized that the only way to control everyone in the world would be to get everyone with the most control in their area together to make a collective to decide instead of like, uh, you know, uh, Attila the Hun trying to take over, Genghis Khan trying to take over, Alexander the Great, just one person building an entire army. They watched that happen. Napoleon, they watched him fall. Machiavelli watched him fall and learn from those examples and said, okay, instead of going to war with people, what if the same way that we made all this money, we took the same way you made all your money and start applying these techniques of running over this type of person to get what they have and put it in the world. Make everything everyone sees what we want them to see. Yeah. And that's the seed. They're illuminated. Illuminated by a way of knowing the future, knowing the truth. And what the truth is, is that they're a special type of person. And that's fucked up at its core, right? Because they're just people. You can meet the richest person in the world tomorrow, and they have tons of money. They have access to X, Y, and Z. But if you pulled out a knife and stabbed them in the throat, they're going to die, just like you or I would. So people are people. Yeah. And anytime someone thinks that they're beyond that, just because of wealth or privilege or smarts, whatever the case is, athletics, you know, that is a fatal error. Yeah. But race sexuality no no person is superior to another person based on those things you now, know what i always tell people man is is those people used to be low on the totem pole that you know it's like you see these these like guys with sports cars with all these hot girls well people like us back when barbarians were around they would hire us to go fuck up your army correct and then we would have all your women and whatever the fuck we wanted yep and so th- somewhere along the line things changed Yes. So. Well, I a good uh, what you're saying I like. Uh, I agree with that. And a, a good way to explain it, something we've talked about before is how Vikings were the most formidable fighting force of all time. They yeah. didn't have tactics. They weren't civilized. They were just brute force giants, and they had a will and determination 
that could not be stopped by tactics. You know, they faced armies, especially Asian armies, that had a specific style of fighting people that they had perfected. They had taken on army after army of people that fought in a formation. They learned how to master every formation, but they could not deal with the Vikings. The Vikings would get fucked up on psychedelics and work themselves into the berserker stage and be unstoppable. You could shoot them with an arrow. You could shoot them with 10 arrows. They wouldn't drop them. They would come and smash everything you had, no matter what, person after person. There was no stopping the Vikings. In fact, the first literature about the Vikings and encountering them is if they don't really want what you have, they don't want to get in a fight with you, but they love to fight. And if you're around them, they will absolutely engage you. So if they're around, you got to hide out until the liquor dries up and then they're going to go somewhere else Yeah, for sure. because they need that drink. So that is where Vikings started getting integrated into, into modern society. And they just got tricked. They got bamboozled by smart Asian societies. They were brought into a world uh, coming from their traditions and their savagery, as some people would look at it. I don't look at it like that. I mean, I think they had a great life, but you get a a different taste. Now, these people are doing civilized shit. They've got money, women. You don't have to fight for anything. You don't have to prepare anything. They've got people who are not as powerful as the, the rich. They've got, you know, employees, slaves, servants, people working for them. And they're showing Vikings how nice life could be as a rich motherfucker, as someone involved in government. And they slowly weaken certain lines of Vikings by bringing them in, crossbreeding with them, getting them used to making money, getting them in a cycle of domesticated living. That's what broke down what would be the Germanic people, is getting integrated into a different culture, being integrated into money, customs that they weren't used to, and enjoying it, because it is enjoyable. And that's a lot of what I would perceive as a problem with the modern world is that most people strive only for comfort. That's every, that is your main goal. If you think about it, you work hard to be able to relax, to be able to get home and kick your shoes off and have a huge TV and a nice recliner that you can lay back and watch some shows that make you feel good and then turn your brain off, go to sleep and do it again. So you can get to the weekend where you can do that same thing for more time. And then hopefully if you work hard enough at your job, you'll be able to go to a different state or country and do that for a week and so on and so forth until you get to the point where you can retire and be comfortable for the last 20 years of your life. That is basically what I perceive and a lot of people perceive as the trap that we get caught in. And it may or may not be a trap, but it is definitely what people are drawn to. Now, I don't think it's a far stretch to say that somewhere along the way, people figured out a way to profit off of every single angle of that, whether it's a group of people or it's corporations and it just evolved naturally because they are selling a product and sales of products became the number one driving force. And then every product becomes geared to make people feel good because that's all you spend money on is shit to make you feel good. I mean, believe it or not, your cell phone, you feel as a necessity. That's a bill you have to have. That's only to make you feel good. A car. I mean, you could do without almost every single thing, but you wouldn't want to. And why would you want to? I wouldn't want to. I'm not trying to say it from a high horse. I'm just saying that's the world we're trapped in. That's the capitalistic dream is that you want X, Y, and Z. The way to get it is to get a job, get a better job, get a better job, make money, save money, spend money. That's life, right? Yeah. And that's where we're at. And I can tell you that there are people that started off with that knowledge and spent their whole life dedicated to that. And we'll talk about all the families of the Illuminati. We'll start alphabetically. Let's talk about the Astor bloodline, starting with the first patriarchal male, John Jacob Astor. He lived 1763 to 1848. He was a butcher 
In his youth, his family owned a butcher shop. He was a secret Jewish heritage, which happens a lot because, you know, they were living in Germany. Now, at this time, you know, Jews weren't villainized in Germany. But a lot through history, you'll see that, I mean, we've talked about before in the Bill Cooper episodes where there's been false information about Zionists and Jewish people having their own conspiracy to take over the world. And at the bare minimum in the Old Testament, it does say that the Jewish people are God's chosen people. So that rubs a lot of people the wrong way from Jump Street. In a time when there's not a lot of media, the Bible is the number one reading material. And when anyone else hears that God chose this person, they don't have to do anything to be in God's favor, but they have to do things to be in God's favor. That rubs people the wrong way. So a lot of people that wanted to be more successful would keep the fact that they were Jewish secret. In 1784, John Jacob traveled to London for an undisclosed amount of time. And then in that same year, he made his way to America. Now, he made all of his money after being in America for a while because he was given special privilege by the United States government to be able to sail wherever he wanted to in the world. Now, at that time, the way that America worked, and we're talking about 1784. The country was founded in 1776. So was the Illuminati in Belgium. John Adam Weishaupt is the one that formed it in 1776. Correct. Shut it down. Right. So a lot of people think that uh, America was formed based on that idea that it was like, oh, this is going to be this country. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I think I don't. I, and this is it's not a conspiracy thing to me. Like I think that like I think yeah we're a country, but I think for foremost we're a fucking empire. Yes. So I think it was based on the fact that we'll be this empire. And but the empire to the conspiracy theorists is that the Luciferian Illuminati will, right. you know, and so they they'll take over everything. We'll be a new country, but we'll run everything. And so so far we've done a pretty decent job of that. Uh-huh. And so I think that uh, that that's where everything gets kind of skewed. Is like uh, so Adam Weishaupt did that in 1776, right. and so then you know all this shit with the red coats and you know we gotta. <laughs> well, yeah, so he was given special privilege. Now, when I say to sail, there was tariffs. You, most people could not travel and bring back a product without losing most of their profit. He was given special privilege to do whatever he wanted. So he started going to China, bringing back opium. So trading with China, selling opium, he made giant profits. And again, he's selling drugs in 1784. Think about that. Yeah. And we'll think about what the government's been doing in modern times, selling opium, selling cocaine, moving drugs through the CIA. And this, again, sounds like it's bullshit, but it's That's not. True. What's that Tom Cruise movie that just came out? I don't know. Uh, he's the, He plays that, fuck, what's wrong with my brain? The dude from Arkansas? Or he they, he, they put him in Mina, the Mina Project? What's yeah, the yeah. main guy's name? I don't know. I don't remember. What's the Mina Project guy's name, Mark? The Mina Project. The dude that Tom Cruise plays in that new movie where he's trafficking drugs for the government. Fuck my ass. I can just look it up. It's American. I'm trying to figure out the guy's name. Come on, young Jamie. Get with it. Young Mark. Tell us the dude's name. The Mina Project guy. Oh, man. What's that guy's fucking name? Uh, Kenneth Spillers? Something like that. Something Spillers, maybe? Barry Seal. Barry Seal. Barry Seal. He was taken in by the CIA to run drugs back and forth because he was a pilot and they offered him extra money under the pretense that he was going to fly to South American countries and take pictures that evolved into him importing cocaine for the CIA. The CIA set him up and uh, he ended up getting killed for sure by Bill Clinton. Now that sounds like a conspiracy. You can 100% Google all that again. Tom Cruise just did a movie about it called American made that follows the story pretty well. Seems like fiction. Absolutely not fiction. The best fiction is always in truth. Yeah. 
insane story, and that's what the government did. They imported drugs. Happens all the time. It's still happening. We're in Afghanistan to protect and move opium. So they were up to the same shit in 1784. Now, the Astor family, and a lot of things about the, what's what's really weird uh, uh, that I find about the 13 Bloodlines is a lot of the information that I got was uh, a book by Fritz Springmeier, right? That's yeah, how say Bloodlines it. of the Illuminati. Bloodlines of the Illuminati. Now, when I looked it up, the first website that it came up on is CIA.gov, yeah. which they could just house information. Um, now, this is all from 1995. So a lot of the information I'm giving you, it had updates online, but it's not current. So what I'm saying is at this time, they're worth $40 billion. A lot of these families' information, even in the age of information, is way more secretive than most people. You can Google me and find out everything about me. A lot of these families, you can't find out the particulars of, but here's what we do know. Now, all families of the Illuminati at one time, they have a patriarch. There's always one male that's most in charge that runs everything. And when I say runs everything, their families run like a business. So it's like the CEO of the family. Yeah. So uh, at, at the more present time, the number one Astor was Vincent Astor. Uh, let me tell you everything that he's been in charge of. I'm, and I mean this literally. You can Google every single one of these. This one man has been the director of American Express, the director of Atlantic Fruit and Sugar Company, Diamond Sugar, number one sugar trade company in the world, the director of Chase Manhattan Bank, which is owned by the Rockefellers, the director of City and Suburban Homes Company, the director of the Classical Cinematographic Group, the director of Cuban Dominican Sugar Company, the director of the Great Northern Railroad, the Illinois Central Railroad, the director of Intermercantile Marine Company, National Park Bank of New York, New York County Trust, Weekly Publications, Western Union Telegraph. He was also the head of the Zoological Society, which means now another element that this brought up, and which is this is the Christian angle, which sucks, but this plays into it because this is 100% true. Now, they're, what they, what he, what Fritz Springmeier is saying is that they are denying creation through evolution. He believes in evolution because obviously things evolve, but he thinks, of course, that God created the heavens and the earth and what the Bible says. And he's saying that these people push the other agenda because they don't want you to believe in God because obviously they're evil and they're trying to keep you away from God. Now, he was for sure the um, head of the zoological society. And they, when he was the head, they did start pushing the agenda of evolution. They started doing primate displays everywhere, showing how primates led to people being alive. Yeah. 100% fact. He was advisor to Bank Trust of New York and then a board member of the American Museum of National History. Now, that gave him the ability to influence how history was taught in America. That's who wrote the history books. So if you remember in Texas how there was a huge scandal on how all the history books there showed creation, real textbooks in public schools, instead of showing evolution, showed creation – that got brought into media attention because when he was the head of the American Museum of National History, they took great offense to that, and that is who went after Texas for printing the creation theory. So huh. basically, even if you don't believe in uh, religion, which obviously we do not at all, we're the exact opposite of that, you can at least see a pattern where this particular money-having group can control the way that history is taught. And you can also see why a bunch of fucking right-wing Christian people would see yes. 
that they believe in this whole thing yeah, about they're liberals. running everything. Right, yeah. yeah. We can't get a foot in the door now. Extreme right wing. And then that's why they love Donald Trump, because they think he's sticking it to these people. Yeah. Now, this is where the family ties into the Illuminati. He was a member of the group, which is Britain's version of Skull and Bones. It's okay. the same group, so it's like a fraternity, but it's for the elite. They do ceremonies, all that cre- creepy shit, like the glass coffin thing. Yeah. You ever heard about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Skull and Bones, if you don't know, they've got a ceremony where... And this is another thing that's funny, because a lot of what fraternities and secret groups to me are is just a bunch of rich people trying to find shit to do with their free time, you know? Yeah. Trying to, like, take some drugs and have a joke and and just find something fun to do. It's their it's their version of on Halloween people go to graveyards or go to a haunted house. Yeah. Like, that's what, you know, yeah. it's just and that's, what, that's what I think. Do some cocaine, smack a couple of prostitutes around, but one thing that their Skull and Bones is well known for doing is to initiate the members, you have to get naked and lay in a glass coffin while all the other members jack off onto the coffin. Whoa. So that is something that the group and Skull and Bones both do. Now, Nancy Astor, who was a famous Astor, she was one of the founders of Christian science. Now, Christian science sounds Christian, but what it actually is is a uh, a branch of, like, Wicca. It's like a holistic, worship-the-earth, self-curing type of thing. I don't know enough to tell you where it ties into Christianity, but they're that kooky-ass group of people who will not use modern medicine at all. So if I remember a couple years ago, a family got charged with manslaughter and neglect or some shit because they let their fucking kid die of something simple rather than getting her medical attention. They just let her sit there and die because they refused to take her to a doctor, and it was a big deal because they were refusing to do it because of their religious beliefs, and they thought that was constitutionally protected, but at the same time, it was a simple fix to take care of their goddamn kid and not have their daughter die. You know what I'm saying? And they uh, fucking went to jail, and that's good. And uh, it, apparently in this family, it happened more than once. They had a couple of kids die. And, you know, obviously that's bullshit. You can't do that. And I don't want to get off on a Christian science tangent, but she was one of the first people, and it apparently was a branch of witchcraft to her. Uh, She wrote The Natural History of the Vampire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she wrote the book, The Natural History of the Vampire, Nancy Astor. Now, the Illuminati tied in groups that they were connected to, and which we'll talk about a lot when we talk about these families. Freemasonry, the Pilgrim Society, the Roundtables, Fabian Socialism, CFR, R-I-I-A, and the Bilderbergers. He was a member of the Order of the Knights of the Helmet. He was a member of the Hellfire Club and Ordo Saturnus, which are all tight, tight in Bilderberg Illuminati groups. So, again, you do not have to believe any of that. I have individually Googled each one of those groups. They all actually exist. Whether or not they're a nefarious, Satan-worshipping, child-sacrificing group, we cannot confirm that. Can confirm all of their existence. Can confirm that the richest people in the world are all members of these various groups. Which is, of course, could be their party club, could be something more nefarious. Now, second family I wanted to talk about tonight, because it really ties into our podcast, is the Bundy family, including Ted Bundy. Yeah. Now, the Bundy family was heavily involved in the occult side of the 13 families bloodline as far as Illuminati goes. Now, a lot of these families have got weird members. Now, again, when you've got a ton of money, a ton of resources, you're bored with everything going on around you. I mean, I think about occult shit all the time Mm -hmm. and I have no money and I have no free time. So if it comes across my mind as something interesting, that if I had unlimited resources, I could get a hold of any drugs I wanted to. Believe me, brother, I would be trying to summon Dimebag Daryl from the grave three days a week at least. You know what I mean? So occult shit is no surprise to me. They're all tied into it. But... 
the Bundy family specifically dabbled a lot in mind control. That's something that they were really into is trying to hypnotize people, trying to raise spirits from the dead to possess people. And uh, here is a very interesting quote I found from Ted Bundy that really made me think about something um, that his family was into. Now, in certain sects of what you would call Satanism, especially like worshiping Set, the worship of Set, the worship of Moloch, which is generally what like the Bilderberg group and these particular fraternities. Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove in San Francisco. Moloch. But a lot of them worship these uh, cultures incarnate of what you would call Satan. Like Set is Egyptian. Moloch, Syrian, right? No, uh, it's a Canaanite deity. Canaanite. Okay, but they're always like a Middle Eastern different, basically yeah. a different version of Satan. And there's rules and there's ideas. Uh, as far as worshiping Set, you, you, this is where the idea of the Force comes from. Now, I don't know if that's something that George Lucas would cop to, or if that's an actual fact about Star Wars. But a lot of times, uh, what they, what you would be doing if you're like a, a member of Set, like Chaos Magic, kind of spun off of Set, yeah, Setism or whatever the fuck you call it. Um, it, it's that you can control everything in your life. You you basically are a wizard, and you can use your mind to control everything that happens around you, including other people's behavior, as long as it's manipulating your future. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the whole set thing has to do with Egyptian gods, and so, like, the, right. those bloodlines and those people, the, all the... All the royal people slept with each other, and incest. You know, there was a lot of incest back then because you didn't want to interbreed with poor people or you know middle class that had to be rich. We just like kind of discussed that, but it's the same thing in that society. So you know, mom would sleep with the son and have yes. kids and, and some uh-huh. of those things, but they would think they were direct descendants of a god, right? Exactly, and they and had so, to keep that bloodline alive yeah. by copulating with each other. But what I'm getting at is, this, and higher magic was only performed by those people. Sure, you know? what I'm getting at is that there's there's a thing in in this sect of of what would be considered Satanism by the modern person this thing called the force which would be if you couldn't control your life because somebody else is it's because somebody else that's more powerful than you are is putting you down this path to control their own life that's what i'm saying so here's a quote from ted bundy and this is again what this family was into ted bundy says i don't have a split personality i don't have blackouts i remember everything i've done like Lake Samarish, we went out to the Farrells for ice cream after eating hamburgers. It wasn't like I had forgotten or couldn't remember. It was just over. Gone. The force wasn't pushing me anymore. I don't understand it. The force would just consume me. And that one is when he was talking to his biographer about why he killed and if he committed the murders. In relation to the question of when you murdered, did you ingest drugs and go into a blackout? Do you remember what you did? You know, a lot of psychopaths and serial killers say that when they would kill somebody and they would commit these crimes, that they would just go into a different person and not even yeah. remember it. Remember BTK? Yeah. Um, he didn't say that he didn't remember it, but he would say he just, like, was another. Yeah. You know, he was this other thing, this other side of him that was doing these things, and he was detached from it. That's why he could talk about it so casually, because Dennis Rader himself was not BTK. BTK to him was a different entity that was doing these yeah. things. And then that's why he was able to be so in control of his normal life because that was Dennis Rader. So that is, again, something you could think about, especially with this family. Well, Bundy. The, the other thing with Ted Bundy is, uh, is you know, he, he was very heavily involved in the Republican Party. Yes. And so he... Young Republican. He also, try, I, think he believed, I think he was trying to become governor of Florida. Uh-huh. And... Uh, 
you know, it was kind of crazy. Like, he could have definitely done it. You yeah, know? for sure. He good was looking driven. dude. Good well looking, dr- smart as well dressed, fuck. Smart. Book learner. And the family. His family is one of these 13 families. So, yeah. Eric Bundy. Uh, now, for some of these families, I'm just highlighting what the most interesting thing, the most interesting people and some of the things they've done. Eric Bundy, he was put in charge of Howard Hughes. Now, you remember Howard Hughes was the infamous millionaire aviator who supposedly lost his mind over his OCD ticks and locked himself into his helm until his death played by Leonardo DiCaprio going crazy in a movie. Now, another theory behind that is, is that Howard Hughes had all these ideas and the Illuminati corrupted him and kept him as a prisoner in that house. And if that happened or not, Eric Bundy 100% lived in that house and he was in charge of keeping Howard Hughes there. Wow. Fact. Uh, Eugene Bundy. He was the vice president of Central Trust and Savings. He was the executive of the Republican Central Committee in 1898 and 1900. He was a part of the Knights of Rathias, Order of Red Men, Order of the Elks, which is well known, and the Episcopalian Church. Frederick Bundy, member of the Skull and Bones, and the chairman of the North Atlantic Filet Council. Damn, state council? Uh, Fish. Harry, so he's basically he's uh, Captain D's. Uh, uh, Captain D's, please. He's a Captain D's owner. It's Captain Bundy's, please. Damn, and the Bundy's own Captain D's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Harriet Lowell Bundy married a Skull and Bones member that will come up time and time again, Gasper D'Andaletto Bellin. Harry Bundy was a Mason, a Satanist, and a chief adapt of the SRICF. Harvey Bundy was a member of Skull and Bones, and he was the person in the Pentagon that most worked on the Manhattan Project, which was the atomic bomb that we dropped on Japan. So he was the guy that coordinated between the Pentagon and the Manhattan Project as far as finances, permission to do X, Y, and Z, testing the bomb, Harvey Bundy. He was also the president of the World Peace Council, and he was the president of the board at Wellesley College. George Bundy was Skull and Bones member, Bilderberg member. He was a special assistant to JFK and Johnson on the National Security Administration. He was a national security advisor to Johnson after he became president. William Putnam Bundy, member of Skull and Bones, CFR, CIA, and he is a permanent Sterling member of Perling. I'm sorry. He's a permanent Sterling committee of the Bilderbergers, which means he could never be removed. He's one of the top Bilderbergers. This is Ted Bundy's family. <laughs> wow. Uh, the last family we'll talk about on this episode, just to give it a kickoff, I wanted to get to a real big one, the DuPont family. First known DuPont to get involved with the Illuminati is Pierre Samuel DuPont. He was a genius. His mother taught him to be a medium because his mother was a medium. Now, whether you believe in the spirit world or not, this kid was smart as fuck. He could translate Greek and Latin on sight by the age of 12. His mother and father could not. His father hated him. His father beat him because he didn't understand how this kid was so smart. The kid could research, figure anything out, figure things out mechanically. He was a great mechanic. He ended up becoming a watchmaker. And when his mother died, his father would beat the shit out of him. So when he was 16, he left and he moved away to France. He was alone and he became a watchmaker. Members of the Illuminati became attracted to him because of his watchmaking. And they started talking to him about his mechanic ability, found out he could write better than anyone else, and they had him start writing propaganda for them. Basically, they would convey an idea to him, and they could physically write it out, but they didn't know how to eloquently make that into propaganda that would be easily palatable by the regular person. So because he was so smart, Pierre DuPont ended up becoming, basically making pamphlets for the Illuminati. Now, Pierre joined the Freemasons in France and was Illuminized 
in France, which was basically how the Illuminati came about. They started taking over Freemason branches and bringing everyone on board to this top tier of power that was coming over from Belgium. He regularly made payments to the French Masons. Now, a common theme in the Illuminati is all these families either claim to still be broke or they started off broke and amassed a wealth through a certain thing. But there is a record for most of them of payments made through their Masonic organization. So again, if you believe this or not, you can definitely look back to the Masonic lodge that he was a part of and see where he paid his dues in their record book because they keep a detailed list of records. That's how conspiracy theorists a lot of times find out who Masons are or are not. So almost everybody that you've ever known to be in a powerful position of government is a Freemason. How do you find that out? If they don't admit it or have the tie tag or a ring or whatever, you can go and look at their Masonic lodge and see if they pay dues or not. If they pay dues, it's in the record book. Always been that way, always will be that way because it's secretive, but they don't try to make a secret who's in it. They want it to be appealing to be a Mason. Yeah. They want more members. Now, would you ever reach the top tier if you joined? No, definitely not. Only this tier of family would be able to enter the top tier. Man, there's some fucking goofy dude that uh, he's part of that whole like prophecy hour thing that Fritz Springmeyer does, but I can't yeah. remember his name. He's got a big beard, but he claims to be a 200th to 300th degree Freemason. Okay. Because he says, oh, 33rd degrees is only like, you know, the certain type of people, but he's like, I'm 300th degree. I'm a vampire. Yeah. I'm a werewolf. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> and I'm also the uh, order of, uh, in the order of the Luciferian order where I practice higher magic and sacrifice, and I've been a part of these things, but they're undocumented and you can't prove them. But let me give you this speech. And so his speech is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I love to hear that shit, but I got to see the facts, my guy. You got to have some sort of evidence that could link you to these type of things. He's a fucking guy that's like, don't fuck with me, I'm a black belt. Yes, exactly, precisely. Uh, yeah. My hands are registered lethal weapons. Yeah. And by the by, if anyone ever tells you that, and people still do that shit, that is not a real thing. Punch them right in the fucking that's face. That's not a real thing. They for sure can't fight, and they're trying to freak, fake you out with that shit. My hands are registered lethal weapons. All right, that's from Con. Air. That's not a real thing at all. Yeah. And I hate it when people say stupid shit like that. So Hit them right in the cocksucker, yeah, man. Smack the shit out of them and let them know what martial arts is all about. If you can't fucking get punched and fight back, then you should kill yourself in a, the realm of being a particular black belt. Anyway. <laughs> Don't Th- this guy yourself. was saying Nobody. he was broke. Yeah, please don't. Uh, Pierre was part of the satanic hierarchy, and the reason we know that is because he had a great friend that owned a brothel named Madame Stael. Now, she was a friend of old St. Simon. Now, St. Simon is one of the original Illuminatus, and he came up with the idea of communism. She told Pierre, this guy's revolutionary occult ideas, that St. Simon, he had written a book called The New Christianity, which foreshadowed the creation of international communism. He was a monk, basically. Uh, and he wrote in the... What St. Simon wrote in the early 1800s was... The globe and the reorganization... This is, again, important to hear this. I don't want to skip over it. The early 1800s, not the 1810s, 1800s. The globe and the reorganization of the European community laying out ideas and plans for European unity. In, again, the early 1800s, St. Simon suggested that the year 2000 is a target date for the new order. Obviously, I don't think that worked out. I mean, we don't particularly know if this is a shadow government, but they say this in order to rearrange the world into the new order, a number of items and stages needed to occur. Two canals, one through the Suez happened, one through Panama happened to create what he said, independence between the nations. He also suggested that they needed a high dam on the Nile, which didn't happen. 
In the 1800s, he suggested that the technological transformation of the earth and the biological creation was going to be overtaken by a new androgynous humanoid that was created in underground facilities. Again, that's pretty forward thinking for the 1800s. Yeah. Now, a lot of conspiracy boys and ufologists believe that these are small greys. Again, a small androgynous life form. Yeah. And a lot of ufologists believe that these are future people, right? That these are people from the future that, again, were genetically engineered and have come back for whatever reason, to explore in their crafts. And that's where we see UFOs. If you believe that line of thought, it all starts to tie together here. St. Simon wanted to have a kid with this Madame style, and that kid, had they conceived it, they believe would have been the Antichrist. Cool. This is important because the Madame took these ideas to Pierre Dupont, who went to be a key leader in the New Order, and he played a huge role in actually getting communism out into the world. Pierre was legitimately good friends with Thomas Jefferson and DuPont basically set up the Louisiana purchase. So he enabled America through Thomas Jefferson and some other connections by Louisiana and all that shit for an insane rate from France. DuPont's made all of their money from gunpowder. They started making gunpowder better than everyone else. They had every single government that he was tied to Germans, French, Americans all bought gunpowder from the DuPont family. They didn't have to pay taxes. They were touted by everybody. So they instantly became super rich. Now, during World War One, the DuPonts had a sketchy backdoor deal where they took over German dye trust and got all the German patents to make dye. Um, and that's where the DuPont paint came from. That's what you most know them for, the DuPonts, besides uh, having sex with wrestlers in his weird ranch and then killing them. Yeah. Uh, they made paint. <laughs> they made dye. They made bulletproof glass. They made regular glass. Um, he was a Freemason. Uh, they were, uh, you know, involved in every single, all the, I don't want to go back and list all the secret organizations, Skull and Bones, Freemasonry, all the main tenants, Bilderberg Group, did the DuPonts are one of the richest families in the entire world. They're in every fucking form of government all the time throughout the inception of America and beyond. Like everywhere in there is a DuPont in some branch. You can't get through any super corporation without there being a DuPont. You can't get through any sect of the government without there being a DuPont. Yeah. Real shit. Uh, or NASCAR. Right. There's a DuPont. There is a DuPont. There's a guy. That I think that's a fucking Jeff Gordon, my guy. God damn, Jeff Illuminati man. R.I.P. Jeff Gordon's an Illuminati. I don't think he's dead, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Jeff Gordon. Uh, all right, so the rest of the families of the Illuminati that we'll cover in future episodes, the Freeman family, the Kennedy family. Huh? How about that one? The Lee family, a Chinese family you don't hear a lot about. The Onassis family. Look, Meredith Kennedy, Jackie Onassis. You know a lot about the Onassis family. They own tons of corporations in America. The Reynolds family. Reynolds Foil, Burt Reynolds. That's those guys. <laughs> Rockefeller. Rockefeller Records. Not actually them. Owning all the oil in the fucking world. Actually them. <laughs> the Rothschild family. Boy, you've heard that one before. That's those evil long-tooth J-dogs that control everything. The Russell family and the Van Doon family. Bow, that is the Illuminati tree. Now, again, controlling wealth and politics honestly isn't the biggest deal to me. Someone has to do it. That's the world we live in. Fuck responsibility. I wouldn't want to do it. Would you want to be in charge of anything? Fucking absolutely not. So someone's got to do it. Now, it's more what they do with the power. And what these people either believe gives them magic powers 
or they just use that as an excuse to do gross shit like we're about to get into. Now, it's well known through conspiracy theorists and what I'm about to give you this information, regular people, what elite members of society do. Now, again, I'm going to give you two options. Most probable is that child sex trafficking is very, very profitable. Child pornography, very profitable. It's a $200 billion industry. And that's only what's tracked. Yeah. I mean, like, with with what's tracked, I mean, like, with all that amount of money, you could literally buy every Starbucks in the world and still have money left over for everybody to go to college. And that is facts. That's a fact. So there's big, big money in it. And if you're controlling every industry, you're making money at any angle you can, morality be damned, that's a very good possibility that these elite money-making families would choose to do that to make more money. Or, as far as the Luciferian angle of it goes, most magical practitioners, including Aleister Crowley, who never said it was a kid. Now, I don't want to shit on Crowley because... I, for a long time, thought he was a pedophile because he says things like the true power comes from a young, innocent person. He goes back to clarify again and again. He's not talking about kids. Now, Aleister Crowley just wanted to be butt-fucked by strong, handsome, 20-something-year-old men. And that's why he said that. And so that gets twisted up a lot. So if you really think that you need to get magical power, if you really think that you're making a sacrifice to Satan to gain favor, to gain strength, to get more, to become royalty, and you are going to sacrifice someone to Satan, the most powerful sacrifice you could make to Satan is a child. And to really cement that bond to open these magical evil gates is to sexually exploit that child. Using sex magic. Sex magic, which is a Crowley belief, but I, I, I do not want to say Crowley was a pedophile. I could be wrong. Now, David Bowie, that's a pedophile. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Aleister Crowley, I don't think so. No. But the jury's out. Maybe the whole thing was like a sex magic and then using blood magic. So it would be like you would have sex with a kid and then kill him and then use the blood for blood rituals. Right. Which is fucked up. And I'm going to give you a real life fucking example of how this shit really happened in 2008 in Great Britain after on-air BBC personality a first started radio DJ Jimmy Seville died a pedophile ring that was a huge part of worldwide conspiracy theories swept under the rug because crazy assholes like David Icke preached it Alex Jones preached it Jesse Ventura preached it Every well-known conspiracy theorist really legitimately tried to bring attention to this child sex ring that was happening and well-known within the British Parliament, the British government, the royal family. And everybody shunned it because these conspiracy theorists also were preaching total bullshit. And again, I can't stress enough that when you show a conspiracy theory and you get money and attention from that... You can't control yourself. You're just like these people when you make up a lie to gain more attention and more money because you know you can. So when you say, here's a child pedophile ring in Great Britain, it actually exists. And then you say in your next breath, this school shooting was set up by the government with crisis actors. You just fucked 
more kids because no one's going to believe that first shit because you just told an absolute lie with your second breath. And it infuriates me. I hate that people profit off of this shit because there's some things that need to be brought to light. People need to know about this shit. And this pedophile ring, again, had been the subject of English conspiracy theorists in the works for 20-plus years. What was wildly thought of as a giant crazy hoax was proven beyond the shadow of a doubt to be a fact that legitimately cost 450 British children their lives. And when I say it legitimately cost 450 British children their lives, I mean they have bodies of these children and they can prove that it's this child and they show where the child came from their parents if they were orphans if they were sick if they were destitute a hundred percent proven that this group of powerful individuals took these children sexually abused them and murdered them yep and again you could draw your own conclusions but i would not come out of my logic and tell you some bullshit i googled everything that sounded unbelievable to me that i read from a source that wasn't a credible source i googled it and found the credible source i mean i can't last night when i was really reading into the extra part of this shit dude i almost fucking cried at my computer several times i went to a uh, i went to a thing at a, a community college in our town where um retired cia and uh, retired navy seals have started an organization where they go undercover and they bust these people overseas because their governments can't do it overseas because they're not white. So predominantly it's white rich people that go overseas to these sex hotels and purchase these kids. And these kids are marked with tattoos and trafficking for their uh, traffickers and they do these things. Uh-huh. And so as they're explaining to me about a two-year-old, I start crying. Like, Yeah. I mean, it's so <sighs> fucked, dude. This is the, again... This is the worst thing. I think that abusing a child is way worse than murder. I'm not going to sit yeah. here and argue the ins and outs of it. This ring possibly cost up to 10,000 children, including Canadian children, their lives. Facts. Beginning with the Zandavort stash, which was a 9,000 pieces of physical child pornography, videos, photographs, including bestiality and necrophilia with children was recovered in Holland by a town of that same name. Interpol and several other international police forces investigated, but no leads were turned up until this British ring finally got busted up. Uh, There is an island off of Great Britain called Jersey Island. It is not governed by the United Kingdom. It is not governed by Great Britain. It's governed by the Queen because she physically owns it. Google it. Jersey Island, it's owned by the Queen of England. It has a population of 90,000 people, but somehow that island brings in a profit of $250 billion a year. Jersey is also home for the largest home for indigent children and orphanages in the UK. Private island, owned by the Queen, largest children's home of all time. Now... Right after this guy, Jimmy Seville, who was a knight, Sir Jimmy Seville, friends with the royal family, friends with every single politician, well-known on the BBC all the time, giant celebrity. After his death, it was discovered that the Jersey home was the source for all the pictures in the Zandavort stash. That means the acts of child pornography that they photographed to sell the videos that they made to sell that were all stashed up in one place. That's just one stash. Again, 9,000 physical pieces. Google this shit just to make sure that we're not all crazy assholes. It's a real thing. 
9,000 physical pieces. One stash came from the Jersey home. Now, the Jersey home had two rooms known as punishment rooms where wealthy men like Jimmy Seville, Cyril Smith, and two prime ministers would go to torture and rape children. They would also go there, if they were a more known personality, to select kids and then have Jimmy Seville come back because he was a radio star. Kids would love to go out on an excursion with him. So he would be a hero to like a parent or or a, a, a outside group that saw this celebrity go and spend so much time with these orphan children or sick children or poor children whose parents couldn't raise them. Uh, and he would go select ch- kids to transport for abuse and the kids would never be heard from again. Now, seven different times, police had narrowed it down to Seville, but they had to let him go because he could blackmail anybody in any facet of government, anybody that ran in these circles. And again, this sounds like bullshit. Sounds like total bullshit. This is 100% true. He would make them, not make them be in a snuff film. I'm talking politicians, bankers, anyone that wanted to climb the hierarchy through within the Freemasons, you know, the, the Elks, these type of secret fraternity groups. They, if they wanted to climb the ladder, they would have to film an act of necrophilia, an act, a, a snuff film, bestiality, something terrible where just them being there and not coming forward with that information, which they couldn't come forward with it because they would just get swept away, you know? So if they were not compliant with what they were being shown, then they would either kill them or they would never be allowed to climb the ladder anyway. So to get to a particular echelon within these societies and government, they would have to be involved with making snuff films that Jimmy Seville would be a part of almost every single one. Now, when he died, that's when all this shit came out because there's plenty of pictures of him around the queen. There's plenty of accusations being thrown around, but it's illustrated on how much control the British government had of the media, the highest members of the media, the people that owned the television stations, the people that owned the newspapers, all those people are rich as fuck. And all those rich people were Freemasons, Illuminati, Bilderbergers, people that were involved in the depths of society that raised them up through the government. You couldn't be a member of this branch of parliament unless you were involved with these groups. That's how you make the connections. That's how you network. That's how you work your way to the top. You got to meet people. You have to know people. You have to have indefinite amounts of money to be elected into office. And that is how election cycles work. Again, lobbyists. You know, people pay money to have their voice heard. And if you're going to play ball with them, you have to work your way up through the government branches. That's why you can't trust any politician. Because even if you don't believe in this conspiratorial side, you have to understand that they're paid to have an opinion. Their opinions are all bought and paid for. Well, majority of them are sociopaths. I mean, correct. Yeah, but you have to be a self-absorbed well, fucking but, but asshole. But let's to, clarify something: they're not all Freemasons are bad people. It's it's, uh, it's something that well, there's you know, some that are you, in the dark. Yeah, you know, it's sure. a giant organization. Well, that it's anyone can join. It's a, it's sure. a secret society. So you know, people believe that the Illuminati has infiltrated it. You know, like they have infiltrated uh, Christianity with the Mormons or Scientology or whatever. You know, so it's a, it's one of those things. So it's it. But I know some people that are are Masons and they're great people and it doesn't have anything to do with. Yeah, I mean, you know. dude, I'm not necessarily trying to shit on Masons. I know some people that are Masons. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I again, there's more to it. Just oh, like yeah, regular yeah. life, there's a there's a whole other upper level that they don't know about. Yeah. A Mason can explain to you. It's a secret society they, within a secret society. And they tr- exactly. They, and they're trying to be more open with like the first tier of it. Like, oh, this is all we do. It's just it's a, a fraternity. place to network and, and meet new people. Now, um, 
One of the first people to get busted is this guy, Charles Napier. He owned a yacht. And what would happen is Charles Napier was a member of the parliament, super rich. He was a homosexual pedophile. He liked young boys. So Seville would go get young boys from the Jersey home, take it to Charles Napier on this yacht. This one man took 120 lives. 120 young boys. And he would take him out there. He would have sex with them. He would strangle them and dump them into the ocean. Now, if you are of this mind, whether you think that you're doing some sort of magic, evil ceremony or not, there are people who can 100% convince themselves that people are not all people. There's some people who are the lower part of society, considered by some, poor, less fortunate, sickly, um, and a lot of the kids that were mentally retarded that he took out there, you know, they had down syndrome, mental challenges. And yeah, nobody's going to care about that. And, and so he would take them out there, rape them, and then choke them and throw them in the water. And I got to believe that this is the type of person that didn't even think that that was a person. Or maybe they really were trying to make a sacrifice to Satan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, just an entire. But, you know, I've seen. I've, here's the thing with that is like you see that within the system of with DHS even. So like the kids that are a hard time, they're hard to place. They're giving you a lot of trouble. They're they're getting kicked out of facility from facility going to mental institution. It's hard to find them. Uh, uh, placement because because of the way they act because of the trauma they've had in the past and so what happens is is all these people are like fuck man that kid's not gonna make it whatever and so those people hear that or they look at their file or do whatever and then they're like nobody's gonna give a fuck about that kid which is not true because i I think that all kids are you know you're able to help them but it's a matter of wanting help and and trying to do things it takes long term so these people these sociopath people don't see that because they only think about themselves and their sexual depravity and these other things and so they are able to take the lives of people they don't care about that they see as low low level shit right just like serial killers yeah straight up same shit now more things that happen so with the jersey house um as far as concrete evidence they raided the house they found the punishment rooms in the punishment rooms they found even more pornographic material. They found video, video of this guy, Jimmy Seville, having sex two times with two different dead children. I mean, think about that. Dead children, like, that's beyond, beyond. Yeah. I mean, they killed the, like, I, how can I, like, when you hear that, it's so easy to write off and compartmentalize as some crazy conspiracy theory shit, but unfortunately... Uh, it's out there, and 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 the the gift and the curse of the internet is that you can freely look up this information, draw your own conclusion, but you can see the actual police reports where this shit came out, and it never came out when he was alive again because he had dirt on everybody. The main investigator in charge of investigating the pedophile ring in Great Britain was a member of the Freemasons. He was a member of the fraternity that these guys were in. He was involved in the sex ring. Now, where we can really go to areas that were not physically proven. Uh, but I can give you instances of where this is the group that fed young boys into the Vatican. Um, one actual fact. So again, this is 2008 when this all got unearthed because Jimmy Seville died. They dug up eight different mass graves on the property of the Jersey home. And when I say mass graves, I mean filled with body parts, teeth, and they were able to identify some of the kids. Some of the kids they weren't able to. They were years old. The punishment rooms, the physical evidence. Um, but, um, God, what, what's uh, 
the fucking Pope. I'm such a dipshit. All right. So one in 2008, the age of consent of the, of the Vatican, Vatican city, which is of course the, uh, where, where the church is. That's where the, uh, the Pope lives. That's where the Holy city of Catholicism is the Vatican city. That's the epicenter. Now, nobody there is supposed to have sex. It's all nuns and popes and priests and bishops and cardinals. They're all supposed to be what? Celibate. They can't have sex with people. Why is there an age of consent there? One. Two, it was 12 years old. That's the age of consent in the Vatican City by law. 12 years old, 2008. All this comes out and there's a path of this going towards the Vatican City. They immediately switch the age of consent to 14. Does that not raise some eyebrows? Yeah. Then that's real shit. Google it. 2008, age 12. 2009, age 14. Uh, Pope Francis Bergoglio, um, super tight with the Queen of England. He was the Pope that came into pe- He was like the only living Pope that ever stepped down. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe it happened one more time in ancient history, but in modern days, he was a living Pope. He was too embroiled in these controversies and stepped down. Like, one, he was probably a Nazi. Two, he was deep involved in pedophilia. He was linked to letting several different priests, cardinals, bishops move into safe homes. And that's a lot of what the Catholic Church did everywhere, Boston, all across the world. If you were a pedophile and you got caught having sex with children in your church, they did not prosecute you. They did not kick you out of the church these evil fucks just moved you to a different church or to a safe house to ride it out until the media attention went away and then put you in a different church. You were in for life. And this is just common practice in Catholicism. These higher ups in churches, 100% in my mind, all fuck kids. I don't believe that there is one innocent priest, pope, cardinal, bishop, none of them. I believe they're all pedophiles. I believe it's a way of life. I believe the way into getting into that way of life is pre-designated being a pedophile and intentionally seeking out that lifestyle. Everyone knows that the Catholic Church harbors pedophiles. And if you know that and you're a Catholic and you decide that God is calling you into being a higher up in that church at the base level, what is your goal? Are you going to change it? Fuck no. You're a fucking pedophile. And the thing is, too, man, is is those motherfuckers that are like, uh, well, the guys that like, you know, they they didn't do nothing. Like the guys like protect them. It's like, no, man, you're just as guilty as they are. If you protect the people that touch kids or do anything, if you buy child pornography and you watch it, even though you don't have sex with a kid, you're just as guilty for ruining that kid's life because there is demand for that shit. Absolutely. Period. And it's a, and it's a, it's a fucking big industry. Yes, it is. We've established how much money comes from I talked to an investigator one time at a, in a meeting and he told me, that a five-minute video of a kid getting pissed on was $100,000. That's how much somebody paid for a five-minute fucking video that he busted. He he busted himself. And that's another thing about anyone that's ever been caught with child pornography. Like, we just saw it, metal fans. We saw the band Inquisition yeah. get caught with some fucked-up child pornography. You cannot just Google it and find it. You can't just go online no, you have to and pay find for you it. have to pay for it or someone else has to pay for it and you have to know a way to get a hold of it from someone else that paid for it. So anybody that is caught with child pornography, again, there's no accident. There's no mistake. They collect child pornography and they trade it because they like certain things and other people like certain things. Do not ever forgive anyone that's ever been caught with child pornography because, again, you can't stumble across it. 
You can't get on your computer and type in child pornography and find it. It's impossible. It's been locked down. You have to be able to find it's a it's an egregious task and it has been for fucking years. All right. You have so to use the deep web. Exactly. You and have you use, have to have a reason for getting on there and that reason is fucking to find child porn. And you have to know and you have to know the code words yep. and all that shit. Correct. I have no idea how to get on the deep web. I am a sketchy character, I think. Oh, I like taking drugs. You can do it on the <laughs> regular web sure. if you can understand the language. Right, but you have to understand it. And how are you going to understand that by seeking it out? Looking for it, you don't stumble into it. Yeah. You go out of your way to find it. If now, you put your fucking time into learning all that shit and whatever, and then you get it. I hate whenever people well, people change. Like, yeah, they, sure, that's a fact. But if we're talking about a mental illness, which I think that like this is the only mental illness you should eliminate people. Like, you should kill them. Right. For I sure. agree. I, I agree. Do. I agree. Uh, you know, that's a hard stance to take, but that's the thing is that the excuse is always that um, it's not. Uh, an, an, uh, an evil desire. It's not that they want to do it. It's a mental illness. It's something they can't help. Okay, okay, okay. If that's the case, then what purpose do you serve to society? All you are is a vicious, horrible, terrible predator that's going to ruin lives. Why are you alive? You're going to give some kid some type of mental illness through trauma. You're going to ruin the fucking world. And if you're doing that and, and everybody's a, had a traumatic experience, how do you make the world better? You don't. And so how you fix that is you fucking off these retards. And you have to. I mean, you just cold castrate them at, at bare minimum. I mean, if you bring back public hangings. Look, we've gone far. Man. We've gone far off the path. That's Let okay. me reel her back in. Uh, because the main reason that this church, this pope actually stepped down is because Sussex police finally launched an investigation into the Church of England. Now, the bishop that got caught for molesting over 500 kids, one bishop, 500 kids over his entire career with churches. When he got caught, when Pope Francis was the Pope, that Pope had pardoned him and check this shit out. He was given grace and favor by Prince Charles himself. He was put into a home of protection by Prince Charles. And then when one of their relatives died shortly after that, this bishop still gave the speech because he was that family's fucking pope, the royal family. Now, this isn't some conspiracy. This directly ties the royal family here to pedophilia. The queen owning that island doesn't necessarily tie them to pedophilia. This ties the royal family to pedophilia. Now, a big deal and the investigation of that pope, or another thing that made him say, okay, fine, I'm just going to step down and we'll get a new pope. I'm still alive. I'm just going to get out of here. No trouble. There's no CCTV in the Vatican. So everywhere else in the entire world, anywhere you go, there's CCTV. There's surveillance by the police. There's surveillance by corporations. There's home surveillance to make sure your shit's safe. Uh, banks have cameras on their bank. To see if you rob the bank, they want a videotape of you coming into the bank and stealing the money. There is no CCTV in the Vatican. None. Businesses, no. They don't protect their business by having CCTV. They have secret Vatican police. That's what they have. And nobody will fuck with that. It's an entire underworld that I'm in no way as a researcher prepared to dive into because it fucks me up. But I'm going to go back to the case we're talking about. Uh, Gary Glitter, giant English celebrity. He made songs that you would recognize. Uh, no, like it, He's one of those forgettable 
song makers, but when you hear the song, you're like, holy shit, a guy made that song? It's but a like, one hit wonder, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, dun, dun, dun. Hey, like the official fucking sports anthem. Well, that's Gary Glitter. He makes music like that. He was a huge pedophile. He was involved with this ring. He was great friends, of course, with Jimmy Seville. Now, he got busted. The reason they started looking into him is because he went on a British TV show called This Is Your Life. And they would bring people out that were parts of your life. And they would talk about, oh, how great you were growing up and surprise guests. Dude, this lady walks out on stage. She says, I remember Gary when he was trying to make it big in music and he had fallen on a rough patch. He was an adult. He came back to stay with some of his old friends that he grew up with. Well, he paid the kids in the neighborhood all $5 each to come over and strip naked in front of him. And when she says this, he's like, sticking his finger to his face on TV. And that's when they started looking into him. And they found tons of child pornography that he was in possession of. Tons of contacts within the government. Uh, Prime Minister Kenneth Clark, he got busted for molesting kids. Now, several people had made allegations against him. Now, there is way more than i am got the ability to go into. There's two prime ministers. There's an entire secret court in the United Kingdom. And I'm not, again, that's not Illuminati shit. Over here, if a politician gets busted doing something, it's public information. It comes right out in the media. Everyone knows about it. It's a spectacle. They get tried for it. Oftentimes, it's a slap in the wrist that they get charged with. Like, look at Ted Kennedy driving drunk and killing somebody. No one gave a fuck, but it was a big deal. He got dragged into court. People watched it on TV. Uh, Apparently, if you're in parliament or whatever branch of the government in Great Britain, it's secret court. It's like being court-martialed in the military. No one knows the exact details of it. They give you a trial. They sentence you to a jail that no one knows where it is. They handle all their own shit. You don't go before a public court of law. So a lot of things are able to be swept under the rug. Um, There's a documentary, I think it's called The Ninth Dimension, The Ninth Circle, something like that, that I watched that's absolutely fucking insane. Uh, If you just look up Jimmy Seville on YouTube, you'll you'll stumble across it because it's one of the more popular ones. Um, but it, it, it has so much information that I, we just don't have time or even the want to go down every single road of this. I just want to point to where it could tie into the Illuminati because these are high influential members of government that are involved in skull and bones, masons, the group secret societies that all funnel to the same place. Uh, so the, the time, the prime minister, Kenneth Clark, here's how he got busted. One of the kids that he molested approached uh, network over there. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like, imagine if the network in America was ABC. So ABC has got an investigation show. One of the investigations that they plan to do in secret is that this kid that got molested by this guy, Kenneth Clark, he's going to go and take a secret camera be wired and talk to Kenneth Clark about the molestation under the pretense that he's going to have sex with Kenneth Clark again. Yeah. So he goes, he sets it up. Everything takes place. Then they air the footage, surprise, live. It goes on the air one time. They pull the broadcast immediately as it's going on air. A bigger media corporation, which is owned by David Cameron, who has also been a prime minister, bought the entire network through government litigation. So they stopped the video, went through whatever channels they had to through government to make this purchase and make a giant conglomerate took over the whole fucking network to bury this video. And that is uh, David Cameron. It's the BBC that bought the entire thing. 
So that's where David Icke started losing his fucking mind and said, hey, I work for the BBC. I know these people. I know what they're into. I know what Jimmy is into. I know this shit for a fact, but also the reptile people from the planet Anunnaki are actually in charge of the government. So again, fuck that guy because he had actual information that everyone needed to know that got totally thrown away because he brought up lizard people. Well, a lot of people think David Icke and Alex Jones and Jesse Ventura, they're government implants. You know, they, they think that they're implants because they, they're able they they try to they tell you all this stuff and they know that kooky people will believe it. But if they go, here's some truth, here's some bullshit, and people believe the truth and the bullshit at the same time, it discredits everything. So then that way, nobody will believe it. Who gives a fuck? Whatever. Because these guys are probably paid to write disinformation. And man, I you know I have no problem believing that. Because again, what happens is they know a lot of truth. And they say a lot of things that are important information. But again, it's so easy to totally discredit the whole thing yeah. when they spit the dumb shit about crisis actors and reptiles and fucking all this bullshit that's so easy to disprove with actual facts that are easy to prove. It, again, you totally discount it. So if that it was true, that, you know, and there is fucking legitimately branches of every single military called PSYOPs that are made, the entire intent is to warp people's psychology into believing what they want them to believe. Now, if we use that on other people, why would we not think that at some level the government makes you believe what they're selling no matter what they can't be up to good all the time i mean it's just a circle of talk and talk and talk it was saying the same thing over and over uh the closest it got to the queen mark neal 28 years old this is recently he was a lieutenant guard in the queen's guard one of the main people looking over the royal family he lived on site in the buckingham palace he got busted with tons of child porn and there was a clip of that battalion of officers raping a child in the palace. Real shit. What the fuck, man? He's dead. The people, the the officer that turned him over, dead. The judge that said, we have to bring this thing down, fucking dead. Dead, dead, dead. Google this shit. Google the Mark Neal case. Everyone involved in it is fucking dead. Now, again, Pope Francis Bergoglio... He was tied in with the Queen. That's when David Cameron was the Prime Minister. That's the guy who covered up the entire pedophile scandal by buying out the media. He was fucking implicated through the high, like the BBC, everyone. Even the company that he owned had to report when he got caught with child pornography. Because, oh, he did. He got caught with child pornography. He got caught with videos of him raping fucking kids. Again, the shit doesn't stop. And it's real as shit. All in all. There is actual fact the Queen of England used to make trips to Canada. When she would make trips to Canada, the Canadian government, the Secret Service of Canada, had to monitor her. It's like any time a giant political official comes into America to, like, let's say, go to a United Nations meeting or whatever. The Secret Service protects them. That's what they're there for. So the Canadian Secret Service had to be with the Queen full time. An entire wing of what their Royal Protective Services said that they noticed that there would be reports of missing kids. She would always go to children's home. Now in Canada, it's a socialist country. So let's say I had a kid 
and I had no way to support the child. I had no money, no job, no nothing. Well, they would get put inside of a home that was basically a boarding school type of thing. Does that make yeah. sense? Well, yeah. and, 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 and this is the way the government did it. Now, we could visit twice a week if we wanted to. We'd be in contact. But you would be there. They would be helping you grow up, give you the things you need, give you an education, bring you up. And, I mean, that's there's shit like that in America, too. Uh, it's just not run by the government. And she would go to these homes every time. And they would started noticing a pattern where if they went back and looked at missing children the next year, that nine out of ten times the kids that she would select a group to go with her to do something. She would take them to the lake. Uh, you would be able to go to a, like a special meeting with the queen. Like you, you were like the most outstanding kid. You wrote an essay. You, you made a poem. You drew a picture. Some type of fucking contest to get you in contact with a special day with the queen. And dude, nine out of ten times those kids would go missing. It's estimated. So they're, and that's what you would call an indignant child is what Canada calls them. They put them in indignant child homes. 50,000 this is not bullshit. This sounds like a made-up number. Fifty thousand indignant in what? How you say indignant? I n d i g indignant. Yeah, indignant. I know the fucking word. It means that you're poor. Fifty thousand indignant Canadian children go missing every year. Every year, impoverished Canadian children. Fifty thousand in America. Every fucking year. This is gonna sound like bullshit. Type it into your computer. 800,000 children go missing every single year. Now, 200,000 of those are generally family kidnappings. So that leaves 600,000 missing children. Do you understand how many people that is every fucking year? 600,000. Where the fuck do they go? Now, sure, sometimes something that could definitely happen in a Canadian home for indigent children in God in indigent indigent children. It's so hard to say indigent children. You could be 14 or 15 years old, hate the school, hate what you're doing and bail and then change your name, sneak out. How much do you think that could happen? Um, it doesn't happen that often. What happens is one in 20. Yeah. I mean, they don't change your name. They just say, fuck it. I don't want to do this anymore. Okay. And, uh, and, and once again, I work directly with kids like this. Yes, and they get found, though, right? Not all the time. So they can totally... So they... Okay. So if someone left where you work, would yeah. they be reported as a missing child? They would be reported. Okay. Now, uh, the issue is, is do you find them on time? No, man. Sometimes they're gone for years and they become 18 and... So then that would that be an active missing children case? Or if like when they get a driver's license, would that clear it up? I think so, but um, like I said, you but never, what, what, would you say yeah. that's one in twenty? That's I would say yeah. I'm just giving the margin of error because that so that would mean out of the six hundred thousand, thirty thousand did that. So you still have this giant unaccounted for group of missing children, and that's in America. And of, I mean every three seconds in Great Britain, a child goes missing. Yeah. Every fucking three seconds, man. I don't understand. I don't understand. And when something like this happens, I mean, and again, um, here, here's what I can tell you about the actual fact fucking numbers. And this is just the kids that were tied in to Jimmy Seville. This is what he would have been personally charged with had he been alive. 
450 missing children attached to him. That's from that home and, and different places that he visited because he did a lot of shit like that where he would go to orphanages. He was a celebrity again. Oh, he's here. Sick kids, uh, mentally challenged kids just show up and be the fucking man around there. So he was like a hero. You know what I mean? Uh, 214 of those kids bodies recovered 214 out of 450 missing kids bodies recovered 126 indecent acts besides that public molestations reported this one man molesting these kids 34 rapes oldest victim 47 youngest victim 8 reported to police 50 incidents in hospitals. So he went into hospitals, raped somebody, and they reported that to the hospital staff. 14 in schools. 28 different police forces had this information and let it go. Yeah. Look it up. Well, so, so think about this, man, is when you think about the Illuminati, it is to control the masses, the population. Yes. So... I'm thinking about this from where where you know I work at or whatever. Every kid wants to be famous. They want money. They want recognition. Well, people love famous people. I mean, again, it's the easiest way to manipulate and the most evil way is you can be a celebrity and come in and it's the best day of your life, which and then turn to the worst. Well, also with the sex traffickers. So you got to think the sex traffickers are lower level people. So they're basically like the guys that work in the the horse stables. They they keep things clean. They do whatever. They sell the horses, but they work for somebody else. So what they do is they always offer them, hey, you're pretty. Let me take pictures of you. You you look like you could be a model. Let me give you some money. And then it turns into, well, let, let's discuss it over dinner. And then from dinner it turns into, well, I love you. You know, like, let's, you know, whatever. And so it turns into this whole thing of, like, you develop a relationship and you become brainwashed into this whole thing. And so then – Trafficking is is a broad spectrum because it's not just sex trafficking; it's also organ trafficking. Right. So you could kill somebody, and after you're just tired of fucking with them, there's no profit. Whatever, I can make profit off of you if I sell your organs. Yeah, I mean the world's a terrible place, and these things that Buddy's saying right now are not conspiracies. This is the shit that happens. This I deal is with the it. way the world works. There's I deal with it every day. Anything in real life that you can profit on. Trust me, somebody is making profit off of it. And I'm going to leave it at that. Now, this was a heavy episode. Thank you for sitting through There was it. no fun. I mean, there was funny in the beginning part when we're talking about the family, but there's nothing funny about kids. But look, man, let me be yeah. honest with you. We're getting to a point where I would say we have an influence. And if every once in a while we can use that to at least shine a light on this is happening, do the things you can to prevent it. And at bare minimum, if you're like us and you have kids, teach them to not trust anybody. Yeah. You know, teach them what they need to know to get street smarts because that's something, I mean, I don't have money at all, but compared to what I had growing up, my kids have a cushy life. You know, they've got a mother and father that love them. They've got attention. They go to a nice school. Uh, we have a nice little family and, they're not going to get the type of street smarts I got from firsthand seeing sketchy shit. They're going to have to learn it through yeah. me. You know, you got to help the next generation know about the evils of the world. And, and, and if we can just make two or help two or three people to understand that this is some real shit 
and uh, you know, look into your local agencies that accept donations for what's the organization that you know about? Um, oh, you are Operation Underground Railroad. They're a Christian organization, but they're yeah, great but they, people. But man. they're like legitimately they're, out rescuing kids. They I are. mean, anything you can look in, whatever. All I'm saying is, is that if we gave you a heavy episode, like. We just we want to use our platform for a little bit of good and not yeah. just talking about eating fucking ass all the time. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. But we love you guys. Uh, we appreciate you so much for listening. Again, some people go to Patreon.com and decide to be supporters of this. There's no way to put into words how much it means to me when I see a new patron because that makes me know that like someone appreciates what we're spending literally all of our free time on enough to fiscally compensate us because they want to see more out of us. And they want to support us. And I love that. And uh, we really had to thank the Bradshaws, of course. There's an entire family that that supports us heavily in Northwest Arkansas. Ryan yeah. Parker, Matt Mess, Casey Gaden, Cam Catron, Bobby Henderson. You guys have all new and old patrons alike uh, contributed in. You guys mean the world to us. Hey, we got a Facebook group. Anyone can join it. We talk to everybody on there. We make posts on there. We interact all the time. I love it. I love to know that people are into what we're doing, not because it boosts my ego, but because we can tell you something like this and it can be taken seriously. And then we can also fuck around about Ted Bundy smashing a whole sorority's face yeah, in with yeah. a fucking log. You know what I'm saying? And, and we can talk about heavy metal and that's the best place to do it at. So again, thanks for everything. I hope you guys got some enjoyment out of this episode. Again, the first part is Illuminati bloodlines. We'll do Illuminati files every once in a while. And we'll go back to some fucking killing and thrilling, slashing and compassion next week. I do want to, I mean, I want to go back to something that is kind of serious, but I just want you guys, if you have teenage kids or you have them younger, man, they have, they're on social media. Make sure you monitor that because these people contact kids through that. Yeah. That is the heaviest way sure. that they do that shit. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back pages is the one. I mean, that's I wouldn't the one. be, uh, an advocate of like tampering in your kid's life. It starts when they're young. Yeah. You need to have an open line of communication. I, I talk to my one thing, and I'm not trying to say I'm a great parent or better than anyone at anything, but one thing that I find important to talk to my kids about all the time is number one, adults make fucking mistakes all the time. Yeah, anything sure. that we talk about, if you hear it from me, it doesn't mean I'm absolutely right. All I'm trying to do is impart my experience towards you, negative or positive, so you understand that I went through this thing and you can use it to hopefully positively help your life. So with that said, I want them, I always, I tell them almost every day, you can say anything to me. You can tell me anything. If you come to me and you tell me something, I will never ever be mad at you, scold you and get you in trouble for it. And if I do, Again, you have to realize that adults make mistakes. I mean, if you tell me that yeah. you and your friend Timmy huffs glue behind the school, it's going to piss me off. But, like, I'm going to admit that I shouldn't have gotten mad. And I'm here for you to, like, help you understand that huffing glue is a dumb fucking idea. You know what I mean? If you can just build a trusting relationship with your kids that you can actually trust them to go on the world and bring back what happened to them in the world and tell you about it from an honest perspective, I feel like you can help impact their life in a positive way because – You'll be able to hear what they're saying, swirl it around in your brain, and give them advice based on what they're doing and not judge them. Because, look, man, here's a brass tax and something that I deal with in my mind all the time. Kids fuck. Yeah. Oh, Kids yeah. do drugs. Kids drink. Yeah. I did it. You did it. Like, let's 
cut out the Puritan stigma that all this shit is evil. It's not evil. It's regular, and everyone experiments with it. So it's you, healthy. It's healthy. I mean, it's, at, it's at a part certain, of it. Look, you learn from it, it. It's it's life. It's fucking life, man. Yeah. Like, do I want my daughter to come home and tell me, "Hey, I fucked this guy"? No. But here's the bottom line, guys. It's going to happen. It's fucking nature. And if you're going to shut them down by scolding them or telling them it's not appropriate, then you're going to build a, a, a fucking wall between you and your kid. And they're not going to know when to trust you when you talk to them. You know, one you, in one in four kids have borderline personality disorder. That is a fact. Sure. That is a separation. When you're at the age of two, you're supposed to figure out who you are. You kind of have this whole thing. Before that, it's all about mom. There's this connection with mom. And I'm mom's thoughts are my thoughts. But there's supposed to be this separation at some point where your your thoughts are yours. It happens at the age of two. Okay. So, one in four kids have borderline personality disorder. Borderline personality disorder is caused by things like this something with this connection with mom. They okay. can't separate from it. Right. So they stay the age of two mentally. Okay. And so all the crazy girls that are at the strip club and, you know. That two-year-old personality is inside of them driving yeah, they, that. Their, their thought is never their right. own. Sure. And I so that's you. the issue. So one in four kids. And so those are the kids that are highly susceptible to influence of bad influence. Okay. So make a connection with your kids. Love them. Yeah, leave man. an open on, door. Guys. Let's all be cool. And let's just be cool to each other, man. Let me leave you with this. The positive spectrum of Satanism, real Satanism, not this fake magic power to the top bullshit is to control every aspect of your life that you can embrace the flesh, do what feels good. You can make yourself as powerful as you want to, not by sacrificing kids, but by taking the fucking reins of your ship, everything you can control do it can you today make yourself the ceo of a large corporation no but can you figure out how to balance your finances make a budget take responsibility for who spent the money and who didn't and make your life go towards a more positive path yes it's one step at a time it's one thing at a time real satanism is the flesh Give in to the flesh and perfect everything about your flesh that you can control and you will see positive results in the rest of your life. Now that sounds like some Tony Robbins motivational shit, but it's not. If you have going to be awake for 16 hours a day, you're going to get a good 18 hours of sleep, please, I implore you to use those 16 hours for something productive. Cut out the two hours of TV you watch to lift some weights, go on a run, fucking clean your kitchen, be working on improvement all the time. And I promise you that that will manifest into a more powerful future for you. Hail Satan, the real Satan. Good night.